and thank you very much for tuning in to the recap podcast for the latest All Black game that was played on a Sunday. Once again, I'm joined by the lad, James Marshall. Uh, this is actually the first live reaction I've ever done. Typically, I have about a day to process what I saw, and then I'll actually go back and watch the game again and look for any things I might have missed. But yeah, I'm looking forward to this, mate. Uh, I'll throw the mic to you to give myself a little bit more prep time with my notes and get what you thought of the game. <laughs> Mate, like you said, it is it's quite cool to do a live reaction. I've just been watching the game by myself in my lounge, so it's got it's quite cool to have someone to uh talk about that game with. So, mate, I, I thought it was just an awesome game, awesome spectacle, and a really cool game for rugby as an advert for a straight like for Australians watching that game. You would have enjoyed watching that game. I thought it was a really cool game of rugby to watch. It was every it was back and forth. Both teams were really having a crack. There wasn't a huge amount of kicking. Um, when they did kick, they weren't very successful. So, mm. um, mate, I thought it was a really cool game just from a purist perspective. But um, I thought some of the All Blacks really put their hands up today and really stamped themselves as a first-choice All Black player, I think. Do you have any names in particular? Mate, I thought Akira was outstanding, mate. He, mm. His ability on the edge is just really special. The way he can just beat a player couple of tries he set up were just world class and he's always had that and it's and all the other parts of his game are really starting to grow as well so mate I thought he really put his hand up today I thought Rico was awesome on the wing as well I thought both those yep. brothers played well and there's just some really good performances out there I even thought I thought Bodie played well barring his kicking I know he's probably going to cop mm. a lot of flack for that game because of his kicking so um, but if you look past his goal kicking I thought he he played really well and uh, made some really good decisions yeah that nice little touch right at the start of the game that led to his brother's try i mean that was just your Mate. sort of vintage body but, eh? yeah. but yeah you, you touch on a kidder and it, he's almost jonah lomawis down that sideline and, and, I, and i don't mm. use that name lightly but yeah the the fact that what well, was it close to two years ago when he jumped on Adi Sevier's podcast he talked about how he was that close to giving up the game Mm. And yeah, just what a turnaround. Um, and he's, I think he's our six. He gets stuck into the dirty stuff, which he was criticized a lot for early on in his career. You know, they, they looked at him more as maybe a guy who was you know, out on the edges and didn't go and hit rucks, um, you know, wasn't in there for the tight carries, but he's everywhere now. And then to have that X mm. factor out there, like we've seen, you know, when, when we come up against oppositions where we're only going to have a couple of opportunities and we've got to capitalize on them. Yeah, I think that's he's well and truly our six now. Um, and you, you touched on his brother. Uh, he, he got himself involved a lot more, um, I think, than what we've seen in the, the last couple of tests, you know, given he's on the wing this time round. But mm. a couple of nice touches off, like, kick returns uh, and open space. And even that chase down that he made on Banks, I guess, yeah. you know, like, I, I'm, I, I knew that he was still fast. But it's almost like when you go down a notch in confidence, that almost, like, knocks all your attributes down a little bit. But... Yeah, that yeah. turn of pace. I didn't think he was going to get there, but no, he made up for it. Um, and yeah, like you touched on with Bodie as well. I thought that, you know, like you said, there wasn't a lot of kicking. Um, and there's, again, that's probably been an area that I've been quite vocal on with the All Blacks. I'm not sure how we're going to go that way when we come up against the, the South Africans and the style they'll look to play. But yeah, he had a couple of nice touches. And I thought that 
towards the back end of that first half, things went a bit wayward, obviously, when, when Geordie went off. And that's probably going to mm. be the one of the other big talking points out of this game was his red card um, right before the half-hour mark. Do you have an, a, an opinion on it? Obviously, like I think everyone knows that it's accidental. Yeah. But did you like the fact that it was red carded? Did you feel like it was red card worthy? No, I, I never think those ones are red cards. I, I mean, I just don't think that's that's good for the game, being able to give the reds. But I do think that new rule is awesome in the 20-minute. Yeah. I mean, it's, it didn't completely ruin the game. If that had been 80 minutes, it was potentially, you know, it would have been interesting. But it was, it's just a game spoiler if that's a full game where he's off the field. So that 20-minute rule, massive tick for that. But just the decision in itself, I, I don't think unintentional action should be a red. I feel like at worst it should be a yellow. Even on that one, I've potentially just a penalty. I mean, he's, he's just clearly jumping up high. He's starting to lose balance as he's in the air, so he's trying to get back to a reasonable landing for himself and throwing mm. his leg out to counter his um, balance going off. And it's just unfortunate that Corobetti's there. I mean, Corobetti, he obviously got a boot to the face, which didn't look good. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I think, yeah, at worst, that's a yellow for me. I mean, my son was in tears once Geordie went off. It was, <laughs> it wasn't a good look at our household. He was gutted, but um, <laughs> I had a lot of sympathy for him. I don't, yeah, I feel sorry for Geordie with that one. I think that the decision's probably going to be somewhat overlooked considering the way the game turned out. I think had the game yeah. gone the way of the Wallabies, that would have been a huge talking point. And yeah, I'm sort of I'm I'm on the fence with it. Like, I, I, obviously, I see that it's accidental. When like you, I don't feel like accidental things should be punished with the worst punishment. But I don't know if I'm playing devil's advocate. I'm not, and I'm not sure if this is going to make sense. But you could say the same thing about when guys tackle high. So you know, when guys are sort of like they they're carrying the ball and they're slipping down, and although the tackler is just coming up to put a shot on, and he's got his body height a certain way, and it's almost like at the last minute things change. I'm yeah, yeah, I get yeah, but even on those ones, I'm still a yellow as well. But I guess what Geordie, I mean, as a someone go, who goes up to catch that ball, you want to feel safe that you're not going to be tackled in the air, so, exactly. I mean, uh, if Corabet is getting too close, I mean, he's pinning himself at risk. I, yeah, I just don't really like that officiating of that decision to be fair. Yeah, no, yeah, I was just, I was about to say that as well. But then yeah. if you look on the flip side of things, the fact that Corabet was within that vicinity of him. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe he shouldn't have been there in the first place. Um, but obviously, like Geordie gets sent off, and I think that pretty much summed up the Australians' performance the fact that they had 20 minutes with a one man advantage and they couldn't do anything with it. In fact, like mm. there was the moment right before half time where Corin Betty gets done for the double movement off a line out. I wasn't sure about it, I wasn't sure if he was held. I actually thought he hit the deck and then got back up. And I, I think, think it's because he's part of that mall. So right. I think it must be a different ruling because, yeah, if that was just a normal tackle, he wasn't held at all. So no. he would have been able to reach out. But I'm guessing, yeah, I wasn't 100% sure on, either, on it either. But I'm guessing because it, he was part of the mall, once his knees hit the ground, he had to, he couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But then you go from there, the All Blacks kick the touch to get the ball back. Brad Webber puts up the box kick. Corin Beatty takes it down, but then George Bauer wins the penalty for a holding on penalty, and then Bodie kicks mm. to the corner again, and then the All Blacks get the, the rolling drive more. You know, David Avili comes in there and steals it right before yeah. half time. You know, just those sorts of swings 
they've happened the last couple of tests for the Australians. And, you know, as much as a punch in the guts as it would have been for having that disallowed try, I mean, yeah, the, the Australians just can't catch a mm. break. But like, if you look at like a number of the All Blacks tries today, besides maybe Havili's, and you could probably take out Geordie Barrett's one as well, all of them f- were from counter. Mm. Uh, and that was probably the most impressive thing from the All Blacks, you know, just their skill set and their ability to turn the ball over. And like even the the try that was disallowed, um, McKenzie's one when it came off the back of Bodie's boot. Well, yeah. I was just like, this is so stupid. The fact that the Australians are just toiling away, toiling away, toiling away, and then one mistake, and then they're under their own posts. Again, what well, they throw another intercept. David Havili gets an intercept off. The the Ford probably shouldn't have been in that position to um, throw that pass, but. Again, the All Blacks are just capitalising on what's being thrown their way. So, as impressive as the All Blacks were with that side of the ball, I don't think there was much to be said about the Australians on attack. I mean, they were good in and around the fringes. I thought both halfbacks were probably, that was probably like the only positive for me that you could probably take away from that game. I thought McDermott was impressive um, with his running ability, and then when Nick White came on, he he kept that ticking over as well. And they seemed to, uh, well, I think that was probably in part due to the way the All Blacks defended. They were defending one out. Like, Bodie was shooting up quite a mm. bit to force him back mm. in. Um, and I thought they were, you know, making a bit of ground there, but it just all went to waste, you know, off one handling error or one good defensive read from the All Blacks. And, yeah, we see the score that we have, 38-21. Mm. Mate, you mentioned Tate McDermott. He was he was unreal. He was almost the best player in the park. I mean, if he was in the All Blacks team, I feel like he potentially would have been. He was... He was unreal out there today. He was carving it up um, it dangerous every time he was running that ball. So, But, yeah, like you say, I thought the All Blacks' um, ruck D was really loose. They, they were leaving a lot of holes in, in and around mm-hmm. there, and Australia found some, found some, uh, got some good gains out of there. But I did enjoy seeing the All Blacks get up higher on the edge con- compared to what they had been doing in previous years. And, mate, in the last few games, they've been getting so many intercepts from it. Um, you saw it again with Davey today, but even the times where they didn't get the intercepts, like Will Jordan was getting up, turning them back in and just cutting off the extra defenders on that edge. So um, I feel like the edge D's improved heaps over the last 12 months compared to, I don't know what was going on with their ruck D today. It just looked a little bit loose. Definitely. Uh, well, we touched on the nine. Um, we'll go to the other inside back for the Australians. Lola Seal. Mm, yeah. Got taken off with yeah. 20 minutes to go. I wasn't sure if that's because he, he took quite a big hit, I think, in the lead up to Havili's intercept. When McDermott made that break, he slipped the board on him and he got whacked by whoever the fullback was. Um, so I, I have mm. to go back and check that. But it did look like he got dragged. And even from the outset, he misses a sitter right out in front, which probably would have just thrown his confidence. And I was quite vocal after the first test that, you know, Dave Rennie was right to stick by him, even after he, you know, he had a, he had a shocker. But, mm. you know, he's had three tests now. Um, you've got James O'Connor coming back. You've got Quay Cooper waiting in the wings. You've had Reese Hodge, who played 10 when the All Blacks lost to them in Perth last time round. What do you reckon happens there? Mate, I, to be honest, I think he's gone. I, his performance, performance just wasn't up to scratch tonight, I don't think. And you, I feel like... He's losing a little bit of trust from the from the rest of the boys. You saw it one moment when that 13 was having to go at him for throwing that needle pass when he obviously wasn't calling it. And you just see you just see little bits of tension with that. And he's obviously losing his confidence. And he just doesn't look like he's in control of that team at the moment. So we talked about it in the preview that we thought Dave Rennie was right to stick by him. But I feel like 
that was a chance um, and, he, and he'll probably be gone now. Like you said, I don't know if James O'Connell will be back next week, but he's obviously the first choice. But if he's out, then potentially give Quaid a run. Yeah, you mentioned the, the fact there was a bit of in-house fighting on the field. I mean, even just the option, I think, when they had the penalty advantage and it looked like hands is on and he goes for the miracle play and the cross kick. Yeah. Just little things like that, you know, once you, yeah, like you said, I mean, you'd probably know way better than me. Once you lose the um, the trust and the respect from the boys around you, it's, you know, it's pretty hard to stay in your job. Um, and yeah, like, like we just mentioned, the fact that they've got some experienced players coming back and they have some experienced players waiting in the wings. Yeah, it doesn't bode well for him. But again, he, he's still a young player. I think he's, what, 21, I, I think. So he's, he's got a lot of time to come right. But yeah, I think for the time being, um, Dave Rennie look, needs to look elsewhere. But flipping it back to the All Blacks, though, you, you talked about some boys sticking their hands up. Given the the four guys that we mentioned on the preview podcast that are still back in New Zealand, um, and ideally we'd have them back for the South African test, does today's performance change anything from the, the 1A side that we saw picked for that second test against the Australians? Mm, that's a really good question and like I said before that in our preview that the gaps between some of these guys are so small that um, it's, it's so selection is just so hard at the moment so I'm not 100% sure whether that anything would have changed from today I felt like Jordy probably wouldn't have done enough because he didn't play long enough to keep mm -hmm. that 15 spot Bodie um, I don't know if he did enough to keep my winger out i mean especially with the goal kicking as well yeah um you'll I'll probably want richie on the field who else was there um nuggy i think would still sit in there at 10 i thought Weber played well but yeah i feel like he wouldn't have done enough to move Nuggy out of that position as well so yeah it's an interesting one it's, it's going to be a good eight for select the coaches for selection the following week so even someone like ethan black had a man it's good to see him come on the field early Man, he is just so good at everything he does on that field, even the little things. So uh, he's someone I'd really like to see get a run somewhere, but it won't be six anymore with the way Akira was playing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like you said, I think, yeah, Geordie obviously being pulled with half an hour, That I think that does his dash for the bigger test coming up, you know, the Springbok game. And yeah, like as well as Bodie played with ball in hand and, you know, some of the clever kicking that he had, his goal kicking, his last couple of strikes were just yeah, yeah, yuck like to say the least. Foot, eh? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think that's um that's one from Wonga's corner. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they go with the nines, because I thought that TJ played well when you know when he came on. So does that give him the nod, you know, once Nuggie's back in the equation that he's the backup nine and he's the the difference that they needed that position? Um, I'm not too sure. Um, but even Scott Barrett, I thought that he played really, really well. He had that nice line-out steal to start the game. Um, Brody Retallick was calling the line-outs. I did keep an eye out for that. So that, that didn't seem Good to go spot. too bad. Maybe maybe yeah. until like the last couple where I think a few of them went astray. But um, maybe that was Tokyo's um, throwing as well. Uh, and on that as well, Cody Taylor went off with a head knock. Um, and what mm. looked sort of serious, Adi Severe looked well enough to do the, um, the post-match interview. So I don't think his head knock was too serious. But, yeah, if we're down two hookers, like, what do you make of that for us? You know, having Tokiaho and then Asafu Amor, who both, between them, probably have, what, a handful of caps? Yeah. Now, that's, that's a really interesting point. Uh, I, it's easy to forget that Adi and Cody Taylor came off on that 
in, in that game really early as well. So they were the, probably the next two most experienced guys we had out there gone as well, added to those four who stayed back home. So, mate, like that just does go to show you how much depth this side has at the moment. But, mate, with Asafo and Takaho, it'd be awesome to see both those guys get an opportunity. I'd love to see Asafo get a start against South Africa. I, I reckon he'd go real good. Um, mm. I know they're both very young, both raw, but uh, both extremely talented. And, mate, when, when you're in that side around so many experienced guys and so many good players, you just really have to do your role. And, mate, both those guys are good at their core roles, so I think they'll both be fine. All right. So I think to sum this all up, as long as the All Blacks can get their, their fringe rucks sorted out and the skill set stays the same on the counter, they're looking pretty good. Yeah, it's the, the next game against Africa is going to be a completely different sort of styled game because, I mean, Australia were quite happy to play our sort of loose style by the looks of it. It was a very open game and it was free-flowing, but South Africa will not be having a bar of that. They'll be slowing that game right down. It will be going to an aerial battle, and it's going to be a game of pressure. So it's going to be interesting to see what All Blacks do, whether they look to try and play through that or look to kick back on it. So um, it's going to be a really interesting matchup, I reckon. Mm, I thought that, yeah, just lastly on the Australians, I thought Karevi added a different dimension on attack as well to, in terms of getting them front football. And they were defending Bowden at 13 off set piece. So I'd say the same thing will happen with Mwanga. Um, and like you said, the South Africans are known for their direct style of play and then looking to play territory. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll definitely be a different beast. But, yeah, like I, I've only got positive things to say about the All Blacks so far again because they can only play who who's in front of them so yeah that next encounter what is it the hundredth test between you know the, the two heavyweights looks like it'll be a blockbuster what game <laughs> <laughs> wicked all right well that'll be a wrap here um again james thank you very much for your time very quick turnaround on the second one but yeah enjoyed it i might, I might try and get my other boys to do this sounds a lot more fresh eh? you know it's, it's sort of in the system yeah, mate, 100%. I like that. Because you need someone to debrief the game with after watching. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. Thanks again. You take care.